0: Wishing, and hoping, and thinking, and praying, planning, and dreaming, each night of his child,
1: that won't get you into his eyes.
0: Julia Roberts. That $20 million glowing smile, the infectious laugh. What's not to like? Well, here's a movie where there's a lot not to like, because her character is... Pretty challenging. And therein lies the very interesting thing about this film. It's subversive, it's surprising, it's challenging, and it's a bubbly rom-com all at the same time. Rupert Everett, Dermot Mulroney, Cameron Diaz, they round out the cast, but man, this is Julia Roberts' movie. And somehow, somehow, she still makes us like her in spite of all the dastardly things that she pulls off. And she does it with a smile. Like it, love it, or even hate it. You can't deny the preeminence to a film like this. It's the 90s in all its glory. It's my best friend's wedding. So if you're thinking how true love
1: It was a dark night. Not like Batman, just a, a dark night full of dark purpose. And the rom-com gents were about to tackle a movie. I'm smoking too. It was also dark. Nice good smokes. I need a new smoke. I already smoked the cigarette so fast that that it's done. That's how that's how dark I am. I
0: Yeah,
1: you got to got to go low and slow, man.
0: I'm going to put this one out on my knee. Oh, oh that's the stuff. Does does Batman <laughs> does he get into the, the the hardcore stuff? Like he and Drugs? Catwoman? No, like the does does like, when he and k- Catwomen k- do they do they like, like kinky like she w- got out the whip let, oh I mean you know you right? know. But I, like canonically, is that like a thing for them?
1: Did uh so yeah, kind, I mean not in so many panels, <laughs> but but it is heavily implied, you can imagine Ryan, did you know that there were I don't know why we're talking about Batman. I was just trying to be a dark detective, but um, did you know that there was a thing a while ago where like there was a there was a panel done of like Batman going down on Catwoman, oh damn, and d c came out and they're like, no, that <laughs> we we do not condone Batman does not do this, and basically every Batman fan out there was like. Batman does this, and like there's just like a huge backlash of Batman pleases his woman. We know.
0: You all know. (laughs) Maybe Uh, the eight year olds are a little confused, but they know too. But but they know. They They don't know what it is, but they know. Hey, speaking of Batman going downtown. Yeah. (laughs) Which in Gotham as well. (laughs) That's what I meant. Yeah. uh Double entendre. This film is full of them. It's my best friend's wedding. I don't know why we're so dark. It's not that dark of a movie. I mean, the movie opens up and it's got the. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and it's very pink. But you have to girly. go through the entire movie right
1: now.
0: So <laughs> Uh, my best friend's wedding. Should I just, uh, jump into it and tell you a story? Tell me a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a
1: story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, but quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter. and not very good at telling stories. That's the
0: end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Julia Roberts is a sociopath in this movie. Sure, yeah. And we'll, we'll actually talk about what
1: the studio and directors and producers tried to do to fix this. Yes. Um, um, so But this movie stars uh, Julia Roberts, Roberts and uh,
0: Dermot Mulroney, Dermot Mulroney, Rupert Everett, and Cameron Diaz. A very wonderfully bubbly Cameron Diaz. A 25-year-old Cameron Diaz. Wow. Very early. Really impressive. Yeah, this must have been just after The Mask. I think she had done the mask, I don't think she had done much else. Something about
1: Mary was after this. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So we have this really, let's start with this title sequence. It's, It's nothing I've really seen before. It's a wonderful lip sync music. We see a bride dancing and lip syncing to this old sixties tune, like a Nancy Three bride tune or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really lovely and kind of kitschy, but like it it knows it's kitschy. It's very tongue in cheek kitschy.
1: Yeah, it's extremely well directed. Yeah, like it's super fun. Bold because like it's not necessarily complicated, but the blocking is amazing because Mm -hmm. they're just they're singing this song that's about like kind of like Dreaming about getting married and pleasing your man Mm -hmm. and just very straightforward, like fifties
0: love shtick. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. It's really lovely. It really works. It works you up and it's a lost art, the title sequence. Yeah. We don't really have that much these days. I think the, my go-to of the greatest title sequence of all time is catch me if you can. Oh, that's very good. Doom. Mm -hmm. Do 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 do. You know,
1: that is kind of James Bond-ish, yeah. like it's adjacent, which makes sense because it's like heisty and yeah. stuff. But you're right. There's there's something this movie does that most rom-coms just kind of say, oh, we don't need to deal with Whatever. Movie with starts. They're
0: Sweeping like, backdrop of New York City.
1: <laughs> New York and credits and this, like, all the parts are there yeah. in this one. They just decide- we're also going to have interesting visuals. Because they have the old song that mm-hmm. talks about love. They have like the credits going, and it's long. Yeah. But they really just take their sweet-ass time with it.
0: The prototypical one that I do like, but it is a little lazy, but I still like it, is Devil Wears Prada's opening title sequence, where we see all these women getting ready for work, and it's suddenly, I see, and I'm like, oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're getting me in the mood. I'm, I'm happy. I know it's 2005 right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Hitch is a good prologue title sequence mm. because it's setting up the, the the cinematic universe of Hitch, like how things work in this universe. Totally. Yeah, you know, and one that that is completely abstract though and, and
1: in a different way from this is the Sleepless in Seattle opener because that's the one with all the lights oh, all oh over yeah. the United States and mm-hmm. then we kind of get this weird separation between New York and
0: Seattle via the lights. You've got mail is fun too.
1: Dreams are nothing
0: The dream you wish to come true. Um, it's it's like a web version of New York City, like 1998 oh, yeah, that's version, right. yeah. and it's it's like Harry Nelson or something. It, it's it, really good music.
1: You're right, it it is, but it does like the the it, it perfectly fits the movie, but it's really bad CGI, but adorable. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. you're so
0: bad. It's like it's like some computer programmer is like, I'm creating the Matrix. <laughs> Check it out, guys. Yeah. So, anyways, this. This is a great opening title sequence. One of the all timers. Yeah, I think you know? one of the best. Uh, so then we meet. Uh, I almost said J Lo, J Ro, Julianne, <laughs> Julia Roberts, Ju- Julianne Potter. I hate when this
1: happens. I hate meeting somebody, some actress whose name is so close to their actual name, yeah. but isn't committed to actually being the actual name. Yeah, like Julia Roberts, just call her Julia Potter, not Julia. Mm, barter.
0: <laughs> I like it. There's a lot of Jackie Chan films where his name is Jackie. I'm like, good. I like that. Keep I like <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what I'm calling you when I talk about this movie. You're like calling movie me story. Jackie. Yeah. I'm calling you Jackie. I'm cool. with my friend Jackie. Uh, we meet her. She's a food critic and it will never come up ever again. Yeah. <laughs> this well, thing
1: that she's really good at. It does. It does come up, but it is really weird because we're, we're intro to a kitchen mm-hmm. like, and all of them prepping because she's out there and they know she's out yeah. there. And this is, Totally how it is in kitchens yeah. when they know a food critics out there. They're like, we're going to make this the a good. Best. And the, the chef is like calling out people and saying, I'm going to stab your eyes out. If you <laughs> yeah. ruin this. Pretty accurate from from all of my jobs working in the food industry. Mm -hmm. The weird thing about this scene is they bring her out the food, and instead of her taking notes, which is what all food critics do, Mm -hmm. she turns to the server, tells him what she thinks about it, so that he can tell the chef.
0: Yeah, that's a nice little
1: liberty they're taking there. I love it, but (laughs) it's not how it works.
0: No, and it's like, no, but whatever. It's a movie. So she's there with George, her best friend. Yes, and... He is, I think, the Rosetta Stone of the gay best friend.
1: Yet, he is not what it became.
0: Right. Right. But I think he's the cornerstone, and it's like, oh, all of you people are trying to do this. Exactly. It's like when The Matrix came out, and you're
1: like, oh, you've redefined like what it means to be a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. And every single one that comes after feels blasé compared. Yeah, and
0: we'll get into the reason why George is... Inte- a unique character. But integral to this movie. Yeah. Not just a fun side character. No, he's an, he's a cornerstone of the plot too. Not only of the plot, but actually he, he was such a cornerstone of the plot
1: that the producers had to shoot additional scenes with him after the movie in order to save this
0: film. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, so she tells us that she got a message from her... Other best friend, Dermot Mulroney, gives us the backstory of they dated for a while, but she got for a month, but it was a hot month. She got scared. She dumped him. But ever since then, they've been best friends. And what is your what is your like initial take of that dynamic just as it's explained to you? Do you think, oh, totally normal thing, not going to have any kind of relational trouble? Oh, like can two people who date become best friends? Yeah. And is she like, I like the conundrum of this movie a lot. Yeah. But do you, do we get, do we understand right away of like, mm, that's going to be, that's going to cause some trouble for you guys. Or it's like, okay, that's, that's totally normal. Not you're doing gonna that cause thing trouble. where
1: you're asking the objective question, like, can two people be friends? You're basically when Harrying met sallying
0: me, except can you date somebody and then be best friends with them? Well, after? it's really, I'm asking you about the premise. Do you think the premise is something that should be relatable or something kind of higher, kind of archer of like, people don't really get into the circumstance that she's getting herself into. And the things that she does oh. aren't really normal people things. So not the setup for it, but the follow through of it. The setup and follow through of like,
1: because, I think, because so it's
0: a rom-com, it's going to be a little bit exaggerated and everything mm-hmm. it's doing. But is it a premise that we buy and... Feel we can relate to. So I do think the premise of her having dated this guy
1: for a hot second and then afterwards they decided to become best friends. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's an everyday occurrence, but it happened with me before. Mm -hmm. Um, And that friendship eventually fizzled out later, Mm -hmm. but was very strong for about, I don't know, five years after that friendship Mm -hmm. and it didn't culminate in romance and it didn't end because it didn't culminate in romance. Yeah. So to me, I found that relatable, Mm -hmm. but the premise of her having, they, they basically like the, the actual, like I, I, the inciting incident is that he's getting married.
0: Mm -hmm. He
1: gives her a day to come to the wedding. It's dumb, but the like the actual like pre-inciting incident is that they promised to each other years ago that if they weren't married by 28 they'd get married to each other and this is a thing friends do all the time mm-hmm. and rarely ever follow through at of it uh, with it <laughs> but this is the premise of about 0.2% uh, of rom-coms yeah is we said that we'd do this and ah uh, but that time has come. Are we going to do it? Right. And I think that's, that's, it's a fun look at that topic in this movie. The fact that she goes through the entire rest of the plot on that premise is bizonkers to me.
0: I don't think she's saying like, she's like, we had a signed agreement um, that you and I would (laughs) know. No, she's definitely not doing that. But basically he calls her,
1: And, and says like, I have something important to talk about. And she and George like talk about like this whole pact that they made. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's maybe that's why he's calling. And she gets excited about this. And she's surprised that she's excited about this. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of like what starts off this hope where she's like, you know what? I've been in a bunch of poor relationships recently. Wouldn't it be great? And then he calls her and says, actually, I'm getting married and it's this weekend. And I need you to be my best man, which is ridiculous but it immediately hits her and she's like oh no not only is this small dream that i've had for a day destroyed but also i now need to go sabotage this wedding to make sure it doesn't happen because like her like carnal (laughs) competition (laughs) has been stoked
0: yeah so right away we get into the the meat and potatoes of this movie, and she's telling George, I'm going to this wedding. I have four days to break them up mm-hmm. and to win Michael over and make him fall in love with me. Or he already loves her in a way. Just because it's not a stretch to make her fall in, make him fall in love. No. But instead
1: of having her save the cat, what they're doing is having her, her murder plot the against cat. the cat.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna murder that cat.
1: Yeah. So immediately she's She's Julia Roberts, so she comes with like a baked-in lovability. Yeah. But they they're like let's balance that out with how would you like? Have you ever heard of unlikability?
0: <laughs> it's it goes back to that how I met your mother idea of the Doppler Dahmer Dobler Dahmer yeah. theory. Mm-hmm. Because it's Julia Roberts and she's so beautiful and so charming. It doesn't come off that crazy. We're like no. Okay, you can do this, right? But if she looked not like Julie Roberts and looked a little crazier, we'd be like, "Oh lord, homicidal maniac coming for you!"
1: Well, I mean, mean, not
0: homicidal, but 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 definitely like unhinged. Yeah. So
1: that's the premise of this film. Yeah, going to go break up a wedding because she is at first in like with Dermot Mulroney, which thin on thin on the grounds as far as a, a good motivation for her yeah um but slowly over the course of this movie she will kind of fall in love with him
0: right and yeah she she really that is really sold to us she's yeah she's crazy about him yeah uh so then we meet she is crazy about him uh we meet cameron diaz speaking of crazy who is amazing in this movie she's so peppy and such a genuine way. She plays the part extremely well. Yeah, she yeah. is too good for the part, almost. Like, the part is kind of underwritten, in a sense, because... It's, yeah, I agree. It's kind of f- flat, and mm-hmm. they're like... It's like, I can imagine Cameron Diaz trying out, and they're like, oh my god, yeah, you're
1: hired. <laughs> uh, should we rewrite? <laughs> uh, we don't have the time, yeah. but uh, I guess so.
0: Yeah, so... <sighs> because she... Is supposed to be some form of Bellamy, but she's so good, she abolishes the Bellamy in this movie. Because she's the one who gets Dermot Mulroney? Yeah, I, but she, she can't be
1: the Bellamy. Like, we have to throw Bellamy out because she gets the guy
0: in the end. Right, but if it was a, a weaker film and a weaker actress, she would feel like... More Bellamy-esque. Right. Yeah. Where she just feels like an, an, a hindrance, an inconvenience. I think at this point in time, they weren't quite sure
1: what they had with Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had her on the podcast twice now. Yeah, friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah, well, um, uh, the holiday... Uh, so there's something about Mary. Right. Anything else?
0: Uh, probably.
1: And I, you know, I I went on record not really loving her part in the holiday, mm-hmm. but this I like a lot. Yeah. It was fun to see her in this role. Yeah. Um, and she's playing a 20 year old mm-hmm. uh, who is in college, mm-hmm. and she's marrying Dermot Dor- Moroney, who is um 28. Yeah. So. You know, she's a little less world-wise. Right. Though she seems like she's 28 in this movie. Like she's rich 20. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's she's, old rich 20. 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, Julia Roberts shows up. Um, Dermot Moroney and her like have this running towards each other, like like hug almost kiss at the airport. Yeah. And it's good. Like, as far as like two actors to act off each other, they're both good actors doing good work. Here.
0: They certainly have chemistry and they certainly have history. Yes. And yeah, so yeah. I'm sold on that regard of like, I get it, Julia Roberts. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. You guys would probably be a good couple together. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, And so Cameron Diaz is like, oh, you got to be my maid of honor because my other maid of honor like died or something like she got in a... Fetus accident or something? I can't remember. A fetus, what. Act, like a, <laughs> her, her femur. She wasn't broken. born. Was the problem? <laughs> she had this fetus thing. Uh, so, she, yeah, she's roped into doing that, and Julie Roberts is just kind of unsteady on her feet the whole time around. camera yeah. days she doesn't really know what to do with her. She they got very different energies. It's yeah. like we have
1: like Julie Roberts is like the Daria to yeah. Cameron Diaz's Cameron Diaz. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so at first, Cameron Diaz is like, oh, it's cool, you know, you're best friends with Michael. That's just how it is. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. But then later, she corners her in the elevator, stops the elevator. She's like, okay, I get what's going on. I understand it. You guys have a serious past together.
1: Yeah, well, she doesn't like confront her and say, you better stay away from Michael. She, she almost just like is like, hey, you're amazing. I get it. Dermot likes you so much yeah. and so I'm just happy you're here, but I, you know, I, I feel like you're, you know, co- not competition. She doesn't even come out and say that. Right. She just is like, like,
0: you know, I was nervous around you. Like, but it's, about it's, you. it's great. Cause it's, it's a confidence level where she's like, I understand that you have this past with Michael, but, and it's not ever like I'm better than you. She's like, I'm marrying him. And so this is what's happening. That's what I, re- I read. I mean, it wasn't like, but it's not stated. It's 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 much more like
1: it's she throws all of the dialogue in talking about Julia Roberts and that she loves Michael, mm-hmm. but she never claims him
0: as her own. It's it's almost like indirect. Yeah, that it's like the 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 game the war has been won already. It's, yeah, it's been decided.
1: It's it's more of a maybe the war didn't happen, but I'm glad that we didn't bomb each other yeah.
0: and that we can be at peace. Let's just clear the air now and let's just yeah. talk it out and let's just be, be okay with it. And Julia Roberts is like, ah, uh. sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Julia Roberts is
1: apparently, she hates like closed spaces Mm-hmm. Because like she has like kind of a panic attack and like leaves and has one of her many pratfalls in this movie, mm.
0: which she's a good pratfaller. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but if I'm stuck in an elevator with Cameron Diaz, I would not be freaking out. I would be, it would be a good time. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, mean, that's a
1: lot of wishful thinking. It <laughs> would,
0: it would be closer. I would, I would be behaving like Chandler Bing when he's stuck in a, a ATM vestibule with Jill Goodacre. Oh, true.
1: <laughs> an ATM vestibule. Oh, my God. He's trapped in an ATM vestibule
0: with chill, Goodacre. I, I, I would be more like that. I'm just saying. I wouldn't necessarily, you know. I also attack. see where Julia Roberts is coming from personally because you have Cameron Diaz
1: who's talking to you like this and cornering you and walking after you. And when you're trying to get space, she's also walking after you and being like,
0: <laughs> hey, we need to really talk this out. And I am more on Julia Roberts side here. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So then uh, we meet the sisters uh, or the cousins. Who Are, the, are they the cousins? I, I can't remember, but they're related. Um, They are straight out of a like Jane Austen adaptation. Like they feel like Georgiana um, Bingley. Was it Georgiana Blingley? You're talking about
1: Georgiana Darcy, and there's no way because she's a sweetheart. No, you're talking about Fanny. Bryce or whatever her name is, who um, in like Sense and Sensibility, who's supposed to be marrying Edward Ferris? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That it feels very much like that, and it feels so at home here. Yeah, totally. It, it totally works within the
1: genre, and they're just basically like twin sluts. Yeah, they, that's what they call themselves. I'm I'm not casting aspersions <laughs> here, <laughs> but that's that's why they want to go. It's like cool, man. Yeah, they do you? So they're they're there, and you know. uh, we meet the whole family whatever they're all there and then uh, Julia Roberts is like I'm gonna chill with Dermot Mulroney at the stadium and she goes and be the best man she hangs out with his chums and his dad she gets beers
0: for everybody and Emmett Walsh is like
1: I'm here too yeah yeah totally (laughs) I love Emmett Walsh and then there's Christopher Masterson who's like Dermot's little brother and he hugs a little too
0: long and I'm like yeah I relate to that too (laughs) and she's chill about it and almost too encouraging about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dermot Mulroney's like that's enough, and I'm like, don't make us look bad, man. Don't make us look bad. So it's funny because
1: Rupert Everett plays George in this movie, and now I'm just recognizing that Dermot Mulroney plays Everett in uh, the Family Stone. Oh, another whoa. movie that we've done. Really mix makes up makes those you names. makes you think, huh?
0: Um, I I appreciate the Family Stone because that movie single handedly cements Dermot Mulroney's acting prowess. And it mm-hmm. makes me absolutely respect him. When I first watched this movie, I'm like, Ugh, Dermot Mulroney. Like, just like, <laughs> not, oh, an, no. <laughs> not an actor be t- to be taken serious and only there because he's just a hot, handsome guy. He has a unique face. He does. But like, just kind of like, oh, the ladies just love him. But now I'm just like, now I get it. That guy rocks.
1: He he has an everyman appeal to him, doesn't doesn't he? Yeah. Like, I I don't know what it is because I wouldn't be like Dermot Mulroney's the greatest actor of all time. No, by any stretch of the imagination. But there's something about him that you just can't deny, and I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he and Julia Roberts have like a conversation where she's just like, are you sure you want to do this? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, that becomes kind of the constant thing.
0: Right? Yeah. She's, she's trying to get in there with both with Cameron Diaz and both with Dermot Mulroney of like, she's wedging. Yeah. He's always on the road, Cameron Diaz, and it's never going to work out because you have school and blah, 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 blah. And Dermot Mulroney, you know that her father's going to want to like hire you at the company. Or they something. don't respect
1: you or your career. They don't, they don't like what you do. And on the other side of this, Dermot Mulroney is like, you know, Like they kind of do the thing at the stadium where they talk about their past, and Dermot's like, "Well, you were never totally into love or anything," and Mm -hmm. and he tells this story about Cameron Diaz, like letting him just hug her in public and like hold her, yeah, and not pull away, yeah. It's a really sweet story, Mm -hmm. and Julia Roberts, like, is about to ask the question. He's like, "Yeah, you pulled away, yeah, you wouldn't let me," and it's like it's devastating to her because she's like. I don't think she has changed, but she wants to change so much for him. Yeah. And she's realizing like, oh, I love him and I would totally let him hug me yeah. now.
0: Yeah. 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 She's wising up to all these things. Um, so there a lot. I, I like this movie's like the comeuppances that happen for Julia Roberts are consistent because she goes to take her t- Take all of them to the karaoke bar. Right, and And we already know that Cameron Diaz hates karaoke. Yeah, she's like, ooh, this'll get him. And completely backfires in her face. Because Cameron Diaz
1: does suck, but she does one of the most attractive things that anybody can do, which is even if you suck, even if you're afraid, you do it anyway. Yeah. Like, I, uh, I dated somebody once who did not like playing pool that's fine you don't have to like playing pool but Mm -hmm. they were afraid to play pool and wouldn't play it and it's not like i do that all the time maybe i'll play pool once a year right but it was that thing where they were so afraid of being bad at lots of things that they would never just try anyway
0: just jump in
1: and there's something so attractive about trying
0: yeah you know and that's why it backfires because Dermot Moroni is looking at Cameron Diaz and he's like, I can't believe I'm in, I'm so much more in love with you now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love how he's like, you're terrible.
1: You're <laughs> yeah. so
0: bad. And, and it's, it's so fantastic.
1: Great. Um, and Julia Roberts and him end up going out that night and having a conversation by a stairwell. And that's when she plants her weird seeds. And then she gets Cameron Diaz to ask her dad to give Dermot Mulroney a job because she knows that's what Cameron Diaz wants. And Cameron Diaz is like, like her current plan is like leaving in the middle of school to go be like a housewife to right. him or go on the road with it's him. It's like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Just wait to get married. She's like halfway through her senior year or Seriously. something like that. Yeah. Just just Wait, finish your school. It's work.
0: fine. Yeah. So that she's she's actively pursuing that. But there's this argument between Dermot Mulroney and Cameron Diaz. But they resolve the argument in the moment. And it's just like, ah, foisted again, Julia Roberts.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I So this argument is she brings it up as an idea. Mm-hmm. And Dermot Mulroney, I think, really... Does
0: not take the news well at yeah, all. He
1: over overreacts completely. Overreacts. Yeah.
0: He's, he's like you can almost tell.
1: Ends the relationship.
0: Yeah, it's very much an insecurity, like a chief insecurity of his. Yeah, I. It seemed to me it seemed unrealistic because
1: it's it's like like any healthy couple at all, any couple that's going to get married. Yeah, should be able to say, this is really important to you. Okay, this is weird.
0: Let's can we go talk about this somewhere? Well, I think the setup. <laughs> Kind of earns this because he. What do we know about the relationship? He tells Julia Roberts like we're getting married in like a week. Like it feels very slapdash, and so it would it would stand to reason that they don't actually know each other that well. Yeah, and they've they been engaged been, for
1: three months. I think it, is what we hear earlier. Right, in the movie. but again,
0: I don't. I don't think they've had. I think they've only known each other like six months. Is isn't that what they've said? Oh, maybe, maybe. I, I think their relationship has lasted six months. That's not enough time to really stress test everything. No. You're right. You're right. And I think Julie Roberts knows the exact button pressure points yeah. to to have these people poke each other to make it break. Yeah. And so I bought that she figured out that like you know that like kung fu like if you put them if you push a like little pressure on right beneath the elbow, they will fall and crumple. I I could have
1: used a couple more scenes of him throughout the day like just weird things happening to him where it's like you know one of one of the business partners was like hey you ever gonna be Jim's uh number two or something like that right and I, but you you kind of swayed me a little bit yeah with with what you're talking about but Cameron Diaz watch out for that right you (laughs) know in the future and then also Dermot Mulroney watch out for Cameron Diaz like going down on her knees and begging you to stay calm down down here you two can come to a middle right here
0: (laughs) yeah I do you, what do you think of her, her action of like, she, she basically begs after she like realizes that she, you know, hit this pressure point. Do you it, think Dermot Mulroney must be amazing
1: in bed? <laughs> like there, like it, it does seem like a, like he doesn't seem like the kind of guy in this movie who like makes her beg him to stay places. And she doesn't seem like a character who's in a position where she would need to beg people to stay.
0: So those two things don't line up really well for me. The dialogue is fascinating because she's like apologizing and she's like, it was my fault I reneged on our deal. Which is a very like technical way of saying what just went down. It's contractual. It feels Austin-esque. I'm okay with that because... It's actually a very mature thing of her because Julia Roberts basically tricked her into double backing on what they had discussed. Their plans were right, and for her to be like, "I was wrong because I betrayed what we had talked about." It's weird that she said I reneged on what <laughs> uh, we agreed on, but I actually really like it, and I think relationally, it's a very honest action of her to take.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I I think. Her being 20 maybe is what gets her down on her knees right. to accomplish this, which there's nothing like, I guess, since she's so bubbly and flighty and weird, like that makes sense to me. Yeah. But it is a weird action for a very
0: rich person to take. But in a weird way, I think relationally, and Sarah has so many issues with this movie, but I'm still sticking to my guns that I think it's, I think. I'm not really quite sure, but I think it's a good relational thing to have at least that agreement of, like, I was wrong because I was trying to break our agreement and I was disrespecting that initial agreement. Because that's basically it, what happened is that she was double – she was – it's not betraying him. That's not the right word. no
1: it, Well, here's the thing, though. Like, if, if you bring it up as, hey, I would like to talk about, like – you know, I know we talked about this being the deal, but I'd like to bring that up and maybe change it. Yeah, but is she one thing. She didn't do that. She, she, I think because it's not a fully formed plan. It's just something that she came up with that day with Julia Roberts. Yeah, where she's like, "Hey, so Dad needs some help at the office. Uh, and it'd only be for six months. And if you, I mean, it would be really nice. And don't worry, it'd only be for six months. And like the way it's brought up makes it." More understandable that she would also apologize that way. Yeah. So then after that, uh, Julia Roberts is like cracking her knuckles. She's like, all right, gonna have to get my hands dirty then. Yeah. And uh, what what happens next?
0: Well, um, she has her freak out and she calls George. Right. And she's like, George, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And she, she goes insane on the phone. And George is like, wow, what a problem for you to have. And we think he's just being like a cute little kitten that does not care for this little mouse that is scampering around his life. He's like, whatever. But then we see him, he shows up to the hotel. Yeah, that's right. And she's like, ah! And he's like, ah! And they're like,
1: ah! (laughs) It's very good. Uh, And this is after a night of her drinking. Yeah. Um, And at first, he's just there to basically be her... Her buddy. Yeah. And like, like, get her through this. Sounds like you're having a really tough time. And uh, what happens is she runs into Dermot Mulroney because he's like, just tell him you love him. Yeah. Which is the best advice. It is. She should have just done it.
0: Yeah. even if it's honest.
1: Days before the wedding, there's no other time to do it. It's not a nice thing to do, but it's the most honest. He
0: has the most, like, level-headed advice of, like, it's not great. But- yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, also the, the way that she leaves a message on his phone
1: is it goes to his, his voicemail when he's like entertaining six Mm -hmm. guests and they're just like, listen to it. And then he's like, who wants dessert? More coffee. He seems like a, like a chill
0: hang. Really want to be best friends with him.
1: So anyway, he shows up and then Julie Roberts is about to tell Dermot Mulroney, but she chickens out and says that she's actually engaged to George. Mm hmm. So he takes the opportunity for vengeance, which I think well suited.
0: Yeah, he kind of rubs her, rubs her nose in the mess that she just vomited. Yeah, and, and like because she vomited on his shoes. Yeah, and he's like, "What did you do? What did you do?" <laughs> and so, like
1: Dermot Mulroney's very surprised by this because he, yeah. There's this great scene in the car where he is trying to be like, from everything that you know, Julia always told me.
0: Yeah. Sounded, sounded like. like, and
1: he he's like trying to get it out uh, because I guess he doesn't want to be an insulting, right? But um, he he's like I, I thought you were gay, and then Rupert just like rolls with it, yeah. And uh, Julia Roberts, I is she the one who says that like he likes to pretend he's gay because <laughs> yeah. it helps him pick up women, right? And I love Dermot Mulroney's response, and he's like, oh, why? <laughs> he's like why would you do that? <laughs> oh, and then he's like, it helps me pick up women. But I love Dermot Mulroney's just like, that's a bad idea <laughs> and not good. <laughs> um, And so yeah, Rupert is a big hit with the family.
0: And he he meets the family. Cameron Diaz is loving George. She just oh, loves, loves, loves George. Yeah. And the mother of the bride loves George. So they then they go out to get This fish restaurant, like the richest guy in the city takes them to this weird fish restaurant. It's very weird. Yeah, because he owns a TV network and also the White Sox. Yeah, I think he's literally a billionaire, but they go here for some reason.
1: I mean, hey, you get good fish (laughs) at at a nice in a nice place where the people wear. Lobster claws on their hands, like you're not going to get that sitting up in your penthouse.
0: That's high quality food at affordable prices. I'm not going to. I'm not going to knock Who it. Who knows?
1: Maybe it's very expensive, and they just have people with lobster hands.
0: So they get into the story of, oh, how did you guys meet? How did you fall in love? Mm-hmm. And let, let's let's walk this through because I feel like the scene is actually even more brilliant than it seems to be. He gets into a very extensive story of their, yes, their love right. story. They met at t- an asylum <laughs> where they were like, she was visiting
1: an insane chef and he was visiting somebody who thought they were Dion Warwick. Yeah. And uh, he just talks about like seeing her across the way and turning to Dion, and then like, you know, being like, this is the person that I'm going to love. And
0: So he comes up with this extremely romantic story and in doing so, Dermot Mulroney hears this story mm-hmm. and what, what George is doing is he's taking Julia Roberts and just making as much distance as possible to say, this woman is madly in love with me, this character of Who, George. To,
1: to be fair, Julia Roberts does not play this part well during the scene. She's staring daggers at Rupert Everett the entire time. Right,
0: but the whole table is taken in by the story. Except for Dul- Dermot Moroni at first. He's, yeah, and Dermot Moroni's like, what is going on? Uh-huh. But either way, George spins this yarn and it really messes Julia's plan. It's a very romantic story. Would Would you like to tell it, sweetie? No, it's private. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> I
1: first met Julianne in a mental institution.
0: Julianne was there visiting some French chef she'd sent insane with a bad review. And I was there visiting Dion Warwick. Dionne Warwick? Well,
1: yes, he thought he was Dion Warwick. Who but is Dion Warwick? A
0: sacrilege, darling.
1: She's Whitney Houston's aunt.
0: She's very good on the Psychic Friends Network, oh, isn't oh. she? Do you know the way to San Jose? La, 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 la.
1: So there I was with Dion, whose real name, by the way, is Jerry. We're having one
0: hell of a sing song. And then suddenly, breezing through the doors from the electric shock therapy room, I saw a a vision. In pink. Pink. You don't wear pink. <laughs> oh, she does, Michael. Sometimes she does wear pink. You're right. It it builds history with this other person. Yeah, and uh, he's making it harder for Julia to break this. Which is what a good, thing. responsible friend sh- should do in this situation. It's that wingman who's like, "No, we are not going after her." Yeah, the, the wingman <laughs> is putting his hand over the top of that fifth beer and saying, <laughs> like, eh, "You've had bro, enough tonight." Yeah. My bro, just just making a safe chasm between these two because he's like, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna do the thing that you want. You're gonna right. do the thing that you need to do." And but the best part of this scene is he spins
1: this story directly into him singing this. The moment
0: I wake up (laughs) Before I put on my makeup
1: I say a little prayer for you (laughs) (laughs) And the it's a great scene. Mm -hmm. It's it's that scene that everybody knows from this movie. Yeah. But it might be the most unrealistic scene in romantic comedy
0: history. Simp- Just in terms of the suspension is disbelief that's been given to us. I, no, no, no. I think, <laughs> I think people singing at a table in the middle of a
1: restaurant, I'm fine with this. They even give us some reaction shots from other people being like, what's up with this crazy table? Yeah. But, Every single person at that table knows all the lyrics to this song. Uh Uh-huh. Not happening. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, I've seen this movie. I've listened to that song a hundred times. I still only know three quarters of the lyrics and get some of them wrong. Every single person at this table knew the harmonies, like the verses, the refrains.
0: They knew everything. I think I there think there were like thirty people at this table. I think everyone's a little bit drunk and they all think they know the lyrics, and I think the movie movie is just as drunk as they are and assumes that the lyrics are correct.
1: Maybe. But it's a fun scene, regardless. Yeah. And so, um, then, you know, everything's everything's falling apart. George goes home, and he's just like, "Shape up, kid." Yeah. But, but they leave on really good terms, and then,
0: yeah. Uh, then Julia Roberts um, decides to plunge like, a dagger into Hell's heart <laughs> and opens up the can of worms. At the weirdest place. She's at, she's not the tarmac.
1: What's, what's it called? Like it's the street that leads up to the, the airport drop off. She's on that street. Yeah. And she's like,
0: that's, we're not really engaged. Yeah. Just whatever.
1: Well, we were together, but now we're, we're like broken up. Yeah. So don't believe what he said. But doesn't, isn't it at this point in time where she's just like, she's not, she
0: doesn't say I love you. I can't remember specifically because Sarah kept talking to me about the Met Gala at this point. I'm like, stop talking. (laughs) Sarah, she's the most distractible person. But what happens is they go to, uh, for some reason, she has to go to the
1: Father of the Bride's work.
0: No, they do the boat ride. Oh, and they talk and they have a nice little dance. There's a really nice sequence where yeah they like talk about their history and and they talk about the commitment of falling in love and and when the when the moment comes to go for it do you go for it do you let it pass and
1: they almost buy? have a kiss here I, yeah. I just
0: don't want to breeze past the oh scene. sure sure and it's it's definitely there the connection is undeniable and i think this director pj hogan PJ, Ho- pj hogan um he he
1: does a really good job directing the scene i don't think he has a lot of in, like inventive ways of framing like people during conversations but he does a really good job with his extras yeah. and like where he moves the camera because like there's a scene where they decide to back away from them while they're dancing and there's these two like they're they're doing a tracking shot across the boat and there's these two girls that are like watching them in the background mm. and like pointing and just being like ooh two people mm. in love and it's just it's nice and we kind of get what they could be yeah and this really propels Julia Roberts
0: to do her most dastardly deed yet. Yeah. So she goes to the father of the bride's workplace and she's supposed to pick him up. But before then, she goes into his office, breaks into the office, goes onto his computer on his decrepit night, Windows 95 machine and writes in, <laughs> a, an ancient email. <laughs> she writes an email and she doesn't type in an email address. She just says she, to person. She Yeah. Who person, lives in
1: place. comma, this person's job, comma where they work. Yeah. And it's like, that's not how it's email not works 1995.
0: Uh, and she basically says, I want to... She's writing as the father of the bride. To the boss of, of Dermot Maroney. And says, hey... Because he's a sports writer. We forgot yeah, to say he's a sports I writer. I want to poach your guy. And what can we do to make this happen? Yeah. And she doesn't send it. She has like a big like... Uh, should I send it? Should I not send it? I'll just save it for later. It's like, save it for later. When are you coming back to this office? Yeah. Totally. When are you going to have access to this computer again?
1: Well, her, yeah, because her plan is to bring Dermot Mulroney back there and have him accidentally find the email. And it is it is a nuts plan Yeah, by somebody who
0: is grasping at straws. So Roger Ebert, in his review was writing about this, this story and he's like, and he used the words, here's where things get interesting <laughs> because this is the point of no return. When she does this, yeah. there is, we are no, no no one can root for her anymore. No. We can't root for this plan. Maybe, maybe another rom-com could have like earned what maybe she's trying to do. Maybe if she did something to redeem herself after this possibly, but it would take a lot of walking uphill. At this point, we really want her to fail. Yeah. Uh, so
1: she doesn't send it, but then like, it basically cuts from her being down into the lobby to them being locked outside later that night where she's she's like like, trying to get him into the building. I was supposed
0: to show you. And so
1: he's, he's like, oh, sorry, bummer. And they go back to the hotel and he sees how sad she is. And he's like, okay, we'll, we'll get in there. But then he finds an email or a letter from his boss that sent to him like the day before his wedding. He's like work, whatever. And
0: it's the email. The email had been sent. She didn't even mean for it to be sent, but it still got sent. So was it on an auto send? Oh, did you not see the shot? I saw save for later. Oh no, there's a shot later where the father bride's talking to his assistant. He's like, "Oh, by the way, I have several emails saved on my computer. Can oh, you send this out before I, I leave?" That. Yeah. And so we have the suspense, the suspense of like, "Oh my god, the email went out." Mm. It's I missed that. Yeah, I was talking about the Met Gala with Sarah. <sighs> <laughs> uh, what can you do? Uh, so, yeah, that happens. And I don't, I still don't understand what her original conceit of was. I really need to get into this office with you. Like, I don't know what she was trying to convince him of mm. in the first place. Which is. Yeah, it's funny. She's so gone at this point. But
1: but there is a point, I think, in this scene where she realizes it because she reads the email and sees that it's in his hands. And he's like, I'm going to call. Like Cameron Diaz, and yeah, I'm gonna fuck it's like shit up.
0: She's gotten victory, and she's like, Holy fucking shit! And she's just
1: she starts backing away from it as if she like lit a fuse on a bomb, and she's like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, and it's at this point, I think, where it, it, if she if she changed her mind or admitted to it right then, it's like, Oh, okay, we can see that she's not fully Machiavellian. We can still root for her. Right. But she doesn't. She just goes outside and sits and starts smoking a cigarette. And it's very, I like, I, I don't like her character more for it, but it's a very real moment.
0: Yeah, because she's not like... <laughs> she feels like absolute shit.
1: Yeah. Like, because as, as she's already expressed to George, she likes you know Cameron Diaz yeah and she likes Dermot Mulroney and she's causing him pain right now right and I like that we get to sit with the villain in this moment
0: yeah and it's a great scene because then Paul <laughs> yeah. Giamatti comes by he's like I'm looking for a bottle of wine do you have it
1: <laughs> I see the, that your no. whole life
0: sideways you got a Merlot <laughs> no Merlot no <laughs> Merlot um, they, they share a drag on the cigarette and he is a kind Samaritan and says, this too shall pass, which yeah. is just great writing. If you have a random character sweep through nice little memorable. And he was thing. a janitor, so he probably does a lot of sweeping. Ah, uh, no, he's the bellboy. He seemed like he was carrying a, uh was he? I he thought, was pushing luggage.
1: Oh, uh, I thought it was a like yeah. in my mind's eye. Thinking back on the scene, it was like a mop in a yeah, bucket. Yeah, yeah, that would have worked too. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're telling me a <sighs> uh, a bus boy, a, a a a man in his position hasn't swept a broom in his life. He's I bet swept he, has. A broom. he swept he's a broom. He's he's not a billionaire. You're he's right. not like some Cameron Diaz kind of guy. <laughs> so uh, the next morning comes and. Oh, well, I mean, later that night we find out that Dermot Mulroney, um has broken it off. Yeah. But they had, there's a brunch tomorrow,
0: and so Karen Diaz just doesn't know what she's going to do. She doesn't yeah. know what she's going to tell her parents. Yeah, so uh, the next day she goes to the wedding. She realizes the wedding is seemingly still on, so she confronts Dermot Mulroney. And she's like, WTF, Julie mate? Roberts does, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's like, what is going on? And he's like, <laughs> WTF, Mike? Oh, I guess, yeah, I should still call it off. I just haven't had the guts to do it. Can you go talk to her for me? Yeah. And you can tell he doesn't want to break off the wedding. Yeah. And there's she's messenger between these two. And And she she basically patches up the wedding. Yeah. She accidentally gets it back on.
1: But when when she gets it back on, that's when she realizes
0: that she has to tell Dermot Mulroney that she loves him. She tells him on a gazebo and she kisses him. And Cameron Diaz sees the kiss and she's like, WTF mate. (laughs) And <laughs> yeah,
1: but oh, WTF, mates! <laughs> she runs away. But I, I have to ask you a question here. Uh-huh. We have a moment that happens all the time in these movies. Yeah, where two people are doing a deed, um, whether it's kissing or you know having sex or something, they're caught in a compromising position by the one person you don't want being caught by. Mm-hmm. Now, it. Like, most of these situations, it's a little little far-fetched that that person would be right there at that moment. Um, Like, in in this instance, like, Cameron Diaz wasn't supposed to be out there with him. Right. Like, him and Julia Roberts were just taking a walk. And it's so far away from everything else. And she just happens to be at that gazebo at this giant mansion. Fine. I'm fine (laughs) with this. But there is something about this moment that reads is very true in the performance and and, and the shot at it where Julia Roberts kisses him. He is kissing her. He's not pulling away. Like you can tell that this is something that he's probably wanted for a long time too, but he's not like kissing her forcefully. Right. He's kind of caught in a quandary, which is like this kiss catches him by surprise. He's just been told that she loves him. Then she kisses him. Then we hear Cameron Diaz and then it cuts to her reaction and then it cuts to the other two being caught. Yeah. And it's just a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It um, sounded
0: like you were going to ask me a question.
1: Well, I just, we see this all the time. We see this trope all the time. Yeah.
0: D- does it ever feel old to you? Uh, no, because as you said, it was staged so well that no, not it this, worked. but
1: just like as a trope in general, the getting getting caught in the Only of it. Only if it's
0: done poorly. Oh. And it wasn't done poorly here, it was done well. So okay. there you go. I,
1: I just I ask because there's a lot of times on this podcast where you're like, I've seen it before. Cause
0: I've seen this before done well yeah. many, many times. This doesn't feel like a carbon copy of another moment, of another version of this trope.
1: It does for me, but that doesn't mean I like it any less. Yeah. Well, anyway, this this starts off this chase where Uh, Cameron Diaz runs, gets in a car, leaves. Dermot Moroney follows her in another car, and Julia Roberts can't steal any car except for a big delivery truck. Might as well
0: go full villain.
1: Sure, yeah, exactly. She's basically the Joker. She's she's written, slaughter is the best medicine (laughs) on the
0: outside. She calls George, because she's like, holy heaven shit, what am I going to do? She's like, um... I kissed him and Cameron Diaz saw us and now she's running away and everything's going to hell in hand basket. And poor George is in the middle of a book reading. I love like, this. Come on. Poor George. Poor George. He doesn't need <laughs> He's this. got a chaos monster as a friend. George, eminent voice of reason, says, explain to me who is chasing Cameron Diaz. She says, George. Mm-hmm. And you're chasing no, George. No, Dermot Mulroney. Or, or Michael. Y- Michael. Michael is chasing Cameron Diaz and you are chasing Michael. Who's chasing you? Yeah, it's it's a devastatingly true line. It's very good. No one's chasing you. That's your answer. That's what's going on. <laughs> and so like in that moment, she, she yeah, she's like, screw it. I'm,
1: okay. <laughs> and so she chases after Dermot Mulroney, finds him in this train station, which is where he thought Cameron Diaz would be. Mm-hmm. She's not there. Julie Roberts like basically
0: apologizes and it's a good apology scene. She fesses up to everything. And, and she gets described as the the mucus, the pus that eats the pond scum or something like that. Yeah. She's, which I think was very necessary yeah. that it's stated. Yeah. Well, I think Dermot
1: Mulroney seeing her ready to fix things between her and Cameron Diaz and willing to abase herself <laughs> is the only way that we could get to the end of the movie the way we do. Yeah. Yeah. So they figure out that she's at a baseball game. Well, Julia Roberts does because somebody else. She calls somebody else and
0: oh, right, right. Somebody
1: right. from the stadium
0: was like, "I saw Cameron Diaz here amidst the millions of people that are there." Yeah, and one of the cousins got st- stuck licking um, an ice sculpture, which is fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, the movie's full of hijinks. Yeah, uh, so. Julia Roberts goes, confronts Cameron Diaz in the ladies room of this baseball game and it's catty and wonderful and honest and truthful and great. Yeah. They, they come to a, a point
1: of being on the same page. Yep. And, then we get to the wedding. We, we don't even see the wedding. We're just afterwards. Thanks and...
0: for not making us go through that because there yeah. would be nothing added if we had to sit through their wedding.
1: And so Julia Roberts gives a really great speech where she basically calls herself a psychopath, but only to the two people who knows yeah. what could happen. And then cheers them off. She gets a really nice hug from Dermot Mulroney mm-hmm. and then is left alone. But who should show
0: up and save her? Fucking George. George. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. It's so great. It's the it's such the best a... scene in the movie probably. He is so charming charming. charming and it's in a yeah it's platonic but it's just it gives me all the warm fuzzies it it actually so i would like at this point in time to rewrite the movie you write your first draft
1: with your heart and you rewrite with your head
0: you can't rewrite the rewrite because this ending was a rewrite Uh, well okay So let's talk just a little bit really quick about what they did to fix this movie. Mm
1: -hmm. Basically, test audiences in the first version, which had about 90% less George, Mm -hmm. um, thought it was bad they Mm -hmm. like people talked about like the fact that they didn't only hate julia roberts they would want to actively kill her (laughs) and so that's a lot of hate coming from your test audience right and this is julia roberts this is one of the biggest stars in hollywood yeah and granted she's she's not like at the top of her fame right now but she's close yeah And so they were like, we need to make her more likable. And so what they do is infuse the movie with George and give her a bunch of scenes to explain how she's feeling, like basically humanize her a little bit. Yeah. And what the trick that I think George does most is he is a friend to Julia Roberts. And if he's a friend to this person who's doing this thing, it does this trick in our mind where it says, oh, she must be amazing otherwise right because if she has a friend in this person who we love which is george it's kind of like the the friend of my friend is also my friend right right and so she can do all these things but as long as george still likes her at the end then we're like okay this was a hard part of her history
0: now they get to be friends and it's kind of like if i meet someone divorced of all context i'm like i guess you're a cool cool bloke but if you introduce me to that person like all right if kelly's if you, kelly's a big fan of you then i can be a big fan of you yeah
1: yeah you're right it's it's a it's a by proxy like love. i
0: immediately trust them much more because if yeah you you trust uh-huh. them then uh, i can do it it's
1: kind of like what cameron diaz she levies a criticism of julia roberts's actions where she's like like julia roberts very rightly is like you made me your made of honor after not knowing me more than 20 minutes. And then Cameron Diaz is like, yeah, but r- like uh, Dermot Mulroney trusts you, so I trust you. Yeah, uh. right there. Okay, so we love George, right? Yeah. I really think this movie should have been about losing your best friend. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I think you could have kept the whole premise here, but I think the lesson at the end could have been learned more poignantly if what If there was a conversation in the movie where Julia Roberts said to Dermot Mulroney, like, or like, hey, it's okay. Like, we'll be able to hang out with each other just like we used to or Mm -hmm. something, something where she's or he says that. Like, it would be even better if he said that. Like, he's like, don't worry, it won't change. I'm just getting married. We can still right. be best friends. And she's like, no, you don't understand. It will change. I'm going to lose you forever. Yeah. Which isn't true, but the, it's the two dichotomies that you feel are true, and neither of them are. Yeah. And then I, I would have loved if... Like she was kind of friends with Rupert, but she calls Dermot Mulroney her best friend at the beginning of the movie. And we see it hurt Rupert just a little bit. Yeah. And then we see at the end of the movie, once she's finally given up Dermot, George comes to her rescue and she realizes for years, like, Dermot hasn't been her best friend. It's actually been George this whole yeah. time. Yeah. And we get this in the movie completely unsaid, right. but I think it could have been more poignant with just a little bit more filler if this movie knew exactly what it had in George from
0: the beginning, which it didn't because it had to infuse it later on. That's what I, that is the story that I walked away with. That's the story that was told to me, but only because I did the thinking through of it. You did the thinking for the movie. Which in this case, I'm okay with other movies. I had to do much more heavy lifting. Like I just picked up what was there. I had to, I had to lean down it was a little inconvenient for me to go all the way down there to pick it up. you, th- you should have handed it to me, <laughs> but I still picked it up. Were there other times where I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting to get there? I, I, yeah, I, I didn't think
1: you had to do a lot for this movie at all. but Julia Roberts's whole, I think it could have fixed her motivation issue for me because mm-hmm. I think her motivation is so flimsy.
0: It's well, I think it's selfish. Uh, it's it's selfish for sure. I think it's solid, it's selfish. This is
1: this is somebody that she hasn't talked to, she hasn't seen in like 3 months. Yeah. right? And she's like, "Ah, what I'm going to do is go break up this wedding so I can be in love
0: with this guy before she's even knows that she's in love with him." And I just think Oh, I, I read it that she was in she realized, "No, indeed I am in love with him. He's mine."
1: Well, she she even says during the the movie to George, she's like He's like, do you love him? And she's like, well, at first I just came because you know I I liked him, but now I'm slowly realizing that I'm I have fallen in love with him. Mm. So her initial motivation to me is so the dastardliness doesn't comply with her her level of like emotions for Dermot Mulroney. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I think it could have been made a great. Like one of the great all-time
0: movies. Oh, like up there with When Harry Met Sally. Yes. Okay.
1: If if it had been if there had been just a little bit more poignancy.
0: Yeah, because I think my r- take of the movie is it's one of the best rom-coms of all time, but it has an asterisk next to it because it's an extremely subversive rom-com and the reason why Sarah hates it is the reason why I love it is because it has this cookie cutter, pink frosting, effervescent, bubbly style to it.
1: It does, but it's kind of, it's kind of a uh, father
0: of the bride-esque yeah. in that way. But the story and its character is not those things. No, it is a v- extremely challenging main character and protagonist and her goals and motivations challenge us, Mm. gives us pause and makes us kind of sit there and go, Hmm, I don't know how I feel about this. Nah, I think (laughs) we know exactly how we feel about it the whole time. Right. Even worse. We're like, (laughs) I do not like this person.
1: Hey audience, if you're (laughs) looking at this movie and you see all of Julie Roberts actions, you're like, Hmm, I'm not sure how I feel about what she's doing. (laughs) We need to talk. You need, you need some therapy.
0: (laughs) Um, but Which is fine. Therapy is great. Sarah told me, she's like, I do not go to rom-coms to be challenged that way. I don't like to feel uncomfortable. Honestly, Ryan, neither do you
1: for the most part.
0: <laughs> but she, she, I get what she's saying. She's like, I go to rom-coms to be entertained, to get, get my cake, to be lifted up, and to move on. This movie makes you sit with some stuff. Yeah. and makes you think things through uh-huh. and think about your character. And it's a more literate rom-com without having to be literate Mm -hmm. um and so i like the takeaway that i have that it doesn't it doesn't spell out the the end game of her friendship with michael is over like it it doesn't really talk about it but you walk away with it and you realize this character had more development in the end than many rom-com characters because many rom-com characters fall in love. and They don't really change. They just kind of like go through a struggle and then they find love. But Julia Roberts starts in this place. She descends into hell and has to claw her way up to being redeemable. I think she pirouettes into hell. <laughs> sure. It, it's, it's not, it, it's not a difficult trudge. She gets, she gets there, but she has an arc and it's a lot more to chew on, and there's a lot of substance to this rom com, which is usually a very flimsy premise, flimsy genre. Sure. So, I l- I love this movie. I love it every time I watch it more because I I I have more to grab onto every time I watch it. And George is the perfect antidote to the film's potential toxicness. Mm, mm-hmm. So that's my take of the movie. What was your overall take?
1: You know, I don't love this movie. Mm-hmm. I like this movie. Um, I think that... I don't think it's one of the great rom-coms or anything like that. I, I enjoy all the performances. I think the performances are really strong. I think the filmmaking is pretty good overall. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the director makes some wonderful choices, like having the extra... like When Julia Roberts is saying, Kimberly when she's walking into the bathroom at the stadium, she's like, Kimberly, Kimberly. And then there's like this crazy lady in there who's like, Kimberly. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's full of little fun rom-com gags like that. Yeah. And, um, I really do think that the last eight minutes, eight to 10 minutes of this movie are a great film. Yeah. And I think most of the stuff leading up to that is outside of Julia Roberts's character actions is pretty paint by numbers Mm -hmm. for me Um, so it's a movie that I, I really liked. It's my second time watching it. I I don't love this film. I'll probably watch it again in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do. Yeah. That's kind of where I land on it.
0: Uh, despite your rewrite of the film, do you still feel like your read of it is that the hug between them at the end is, do you think the film understands like it's never going to be the same for these two. Yeah, ever again. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think Sarah like was watching out of the corner and She's like, "That's bullshit." I'm like, "You have not been watching the movie. You cannot comment on that is this." Sarah hug. Every time. <laughs> um, wait, go back to your Met Gala.
1: Yeah, she. I think the. I think Julia Roberts needed that closure. Yeah. Um, I I, I think it was something that like she she gave to that like. She gave to them, she took the wedding away from them. She gave it back to them Yeah, because it was her responsibility. And then she went the extra mile in extra apologizing. And I think him coming back and hugging her was kind of like, hey, we're good.
0: Yeah. And I, I like it just from the sense, the zoomed out sense of her relationship with Michael needed resolution. And this plot of this movie was a extremely cathartic resolution to it. It was dramatic and difficult, but it clarified things 1,000% for them. Whereas the years before, they just kind of had this something, you know? It was just kind of keeping things afloat between them.
1: Well, yeah. Well, no, it seemed like they were best friends, but it was that thing where, like, there's still attraction here, and we won't deny that that's gone.
0: Yeah, but it was kind of keeping them in a place. Like, they weren't really going anywhere with their... And she definitely wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And I think the inciting incident of Cameron Diaz coming into his life, just fantastic plotting, fantastic, fantastic story. Yeah. So,
1: there you go. Well, that's my best friend's wedding. I'm glad we finally got
0: to it. It's, yeah. it's a staple of the genre. It feels essential. Yeah. No matter mm-hmm. how you cut it, it yeah. feels essential. Well, I think uh, that's going to throw us over to Trope Talk, huh?
1: Welcome back to Trope Talk. It's like Spock talk because it's very logical.
0: Oh, yes. We're making sense of things over here. Yes. Um, get the Nimoy action up in yeah, uh, I like it. So our trope this week. What is our mm-hmm. trope? Our trope is talking about... We want
1: to talk more about George because George is our favorite. I would say my favorite character in this movie. Absolutely. He is there is a trope in this genre called the gay best friend. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it exists in this genre is because so often there is a character who is looked at as safe. Mm-hmm. This and like for a female protagonist, because yeah. it's like, well, you know, if they're gay, then they won't, you know, fall in love with our protagonist.
0: And they can befriend each other and, you and know, they can she divulge can divulge all the secrets
1: and mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. And, They'll be there to be like, mm, the guy you like is hot. And it gets real bad sometimes. Yeah, Mainly because,
0: well, for, for lots of reasons. Let's go back and forth and say the reasons it's usually bad. Um, well, this isn't a, a clever way, but just of, it's unoriginal. It's just uh, cliche. Sure, it's cliche. Um,
1: I'm going to say usually there's no character outside of our main character.
0: Yeah, they have no existence. Yeah. They have no life. They they are there to be a sounding board. Yeah, and basically. the only point of their scenes is like, tell me about the thing that you're going through, but only specifically the thing that is in this movie. Yeah. I don't want to hear what's going on at work. Usually as
1: well, I'd say specifically in the late 90s, early 2000s, they were filled with generalities yeah, and and some pretty stereotypical acting. Yeah. And generally not played by gay people. (laughs)
0: Right. Um, And, and, you know, like the ones I'm thinking of, some movies have tried to expand their character, but it always is too little too late.
1: Like with To All the Boys, I think we finally get more character by the third movie. Yeah. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Too late. Um, But like even the other day we were watching... um, what was the, uh, sleeping with other people? Yeah. And the gay best friend is so
0: pouring.
1: Yeah. Like, and all played by good actors. Yeah. But, but like, there's just nothing to them.
0: Yeah. She's just there to, uh, oh boy, I gotta insert some plot details here. Like, oh, uh, I see you... I haven't
1: talked to you about your relationship in 20 minutes. I'm so supposed do you want to... to do that?
0: It says here, I'm supposed to encourage you to pursue your dream. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, so I see here that I, there's a sassy remark coming in five. F- oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm on Eastern time.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, that'll be in a few scenes. Why yeah. don't you go don't, have some sexy scenes go, I'll go come
1: will se- be here. Don't worry. Cause I haven't left this bar <laughs> the entire movie. I
0: will be in this exact same location,
1: <laughs> but George
0: doesn't do any of that shit.
1: No, he's amazing. So what we know about George is not a ton. He's not like the end all be all character. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that about him. He's not a perfect like deep rich character, but through um Rupert Everett's acting mm-hmm. and through like the steadfastness that we get of him and through the places that we see him having his own life, he breaks away from the trope. Yeah. He is he is not the trope. He is just a, a like somebody who did something and other people thought it was cool. Yeah. So we see him having lunch with Julia Roberts and they're just having lunch together as friends. And he just happens to know about the relationship because at that moment, like Rupert called or uh, sorry, at that moment, Michael called her. Mm -hmm. Right. And so she discovers this thing in another version of this, in the gay best friend trope, usually what happens is they'll be like, so tell me about that guy who called you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wait, why are we just talking about this now? Right. Like, why Why don't you guys have a life outside of this third character? Anything who's not here? else you can talk about. And so we got that. Um, he like has his own friends mm-hmm. um, who have normal relationships. We like having... his style. He has like a specific style. Like, yeah. This
0: guy's classic. He has a
1: 90s big jacket style. Yeah um he's cultured because not only does he drink wine with friends but he goes to like book readings mm-hmm. but he's also like an amazing improver yeah where like and and maybe maybe the most charismatic person that you could have around but he's not charismatic in that 90s way where he's like being extremely flamboyant right he's just he's just the life of the party by virtue of being the most himself which is ironic because he's pretending to be somebody else right for julia roberts but he's got spark and we see him being a good friend a good friend yes you're right he's not just there to like layer advice onto somebody he's there to like he's there to be there for julia roberts he is there and then he like when she insults him he's like okay, well, I have agency in this movie, so I'm going to fuck your shit up, too. Yeah,
0: because a lazy screenwriter will get to a point where, ah, I need my main character to figure this idea out. And then you just have another character, like, parse that idea in a clever way. And it's like, yeah, then the character will get this. It's like, it's not really storytelling. That's just like thinking my thoughts out but what George does is that he comes and he like literally goes down to Chicago and he is he he bees with her he is with her he's he walks through her hard times with her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know uh, another additional rewrite uh, like as Julia Roberts
1: is on her way skipping merrily into hell mm-hmm. um she she follows that like protagonist like dive down into the heart of darkness Mm -hmm. right where where life is just getting harder and harder and harder for her the whole time she's here yeah um george i think if if i was gonna add a little bit more of that friendship thing i was talking about i would have not minded if george left a little miffed Mm -hmm. because he leaves and he's like do the right thing okay i'll be i'll be i'm going back home bye and it's like if i were george and i showed up for her and she put me through all of this and then like i was just heading back to chicago and her plan was still the same i would be a little mad at her yeah and i don't know how she like how after after he leaves mift i don't know how he comes back for her again right. but if you could pull that trick off where it's like they're they're treating each other as equals a little bit more where he's not just there for her but he's he's also demands respect yeah in a way i think that would be just a a, like that would turn the dial up just a little bit more for me
0: yeah and he's the voice of reason but not in a way of a you go girl kind of voice of reason no he's he is the sobering truth voice of reason yeah
1: yeah he he's he's like that those characters that we see who are oh you know who he reminds me of is owen or not Owen Wilson, uh, Luke Wilson in the Family Stone. Since we're just talking about Family Stone, mm-hmm. where he sees the big picture, yeah, and he's like the
0: wise one, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that's the thing is like if you're gonna have this trope, give us give us some aura to them. Give us like because Luke Wilson has let your freak flag fly. And that's something we can, like, anchor ourselves to. Mm -hmm. It's like, this guy knows what he's talking about. And that's what I think George does best.
1: Yeah. I will say, last thing about this trope is it's born out of not having any gay characters in movies Mm -hmm. or as main protagonists. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why these characters exist is like, see, we have gay characters (laughs) in our movies. They're not characters, per se, but they're there. Yeah, and so I, I'm glad that George was more than that. But, yeah, you know, also make some characters like real characters in your movies, gay right. people.
0: It's out coming there. down the line. We've got Bros coming out this fall, so it's happening. It's happening, and it and has been happening more and more every year. But it yeah. should be happening on major studio films. Yes, which <laughs> I is I have I don't know about Bros. It's it bros. is the first studio film, and we'll get more info. It's a gay rom com that's backed by a major studio wow so like you had happiest season which was on hulu that mm-hmm. was financed by the like, columbia pictures so it was like kind of big but they sure. didn't go all in on it this is i think it's universal they're going all in do do we know who's cast billy eichner and hey. someone else oh cool nice <laughs> i love them so ho- hopefully it works out
1: well um if, if actually you know if you're looking for a gay rom-com to watch right now go watch our flag means death Because that is where it's at. Cool. That's Taika Waititi. It's a good project. Shout out to Rachel who recommended that to us. Molta bene. Okay. Ryan, I think we have to move on because we've talked this trope to death. What are we going to?
0: Our flag means death. Mm, Also, our Patreon. A Patreon means death. All right. So first up on the Patreon, we have a new poll for you. It's May. So we're going to dance around the May poll. And this month's theme is Disney princesses. Yes. So we'll be doing Enchanted, Beauty and the Beast. Animated edition. Tangled and The Little Mermaid. Oh. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm up for any of these. I'm excited. Have you seen all these, Ryan? I I have. It's been a long time since I watched the Little Little Mermaid, but I'm curious. I haven't seen two. Which you haven't? Which ones? The two you put on there: Enchanted and Tangled. Boy. Yeah. So,
1: make us happy, guys. Very excited. Uh, I did play Kingdom Hearts 3, which had Tangled in it. You must have been really confused. Like, who nah, are these I people? mean, I've heard you and Sarah talk
0: about it enough. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, go vote in the poll. You can help pick the movie that we're watching. You helped pick what we're watching tonight, and you're helping pick what we watch next week, which will be Bridesmaids. Looking forward to that one. <laughs> and
1: uh, my essay is up this week. Um, it's basically a treatise on why I still go to the movies because Ryan drags you. <laughs> T- to be honest, yes. You've had to these last six months because I have been a new dad.
0: Yeah. Do you remember the last movie you saw before the pandemic? It was with you. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Hits home, doesn't it? It's been that long.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, you and I saw a movie during the break. The break in pan.
0: Oh, Oh, we saw a couple of movies in there. We, we saw we saw that French movie. We did in the Heights, and we did. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. We did a couple others, and then we had to go back into hiding, and then yeah. we came back. Right yeah, <laughs> we're back. Uh,
1: speaking of great movies, we're back. Oh
0: no, I haven't seen it in a long time. Don't don't
1: quote me on that. But we also have a new patron this week, uh, Becky. Thank you so much uh, for coming on and being a patron. She recommended that we throw some a- a more action cinema in yeah. in
0: our. Well, she asked me, she, she slid right into those DMs and she asked me if we had done Die Hard or, or she's like, do you guys like Die Hard? And I'm like, not only do we like Die Hard, we love Die Hard. We've we love Die Hard so much. Done Die Hard. We did a bonus episode to go listen to it on the Patreon. And I think that's what got her onto the Patrons to check out our Die Hard episode. And, and so we've decided uh, for June, I think we're going to do Speed, which is kind of an action rom-com. Yeah, and it's got rom-com heroes of Keanu Reeves and Sandy Bullock. So is this something that we should be doing on our normal feed? It's definitely not a rom-com.
1: No, it's not? It's, it's, Are you sure? Is the bus in love with anybody? I mean, there's some
0: flirtation there. Is Speed in love with somebody? Is Speed in love with the bus? <laughs> uh, yeah, they have great chemistry. Mm. That that fuel injection kind of chemistry. Ooh, you know what I mean? Oh, very nice. Uh, so yes, thank you, Becky, for joining the Patreon. Thank you for your suggestions. Um, if, if there's any other suggestions from you, you patriots. Yeah. Um, Is that what they're called? Patreon. Patrons? Pa- patrons. Patrons?
1: They're patrons. Oh, of course. <laughs> um the uh yeah. Whether you're a patron or you're just somebody who listens with your ears oh to this thing.
0: <laughs> I I do have um let's uh, uh are, do what, we have any other patron stuff? Because I no, have I don't think so. Okay, because I actually do have some letters this week. Well, we have a letter. Hey, Flo! Huh? Mail come, got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you've got mail send me a letter. You've got mail. Uh, We got a letter from Janu, good friend Janu. Um, Janu! Rhymes with Canu. She saw one of our highlights that we posted like a year ago, a really old highlight because it has her old logo on it, and it says, hey, we need more diverse voices uh, on our films. Oh, yeah. Look at this list. Oh, my goodness. Right? We've got a bunch of films now that we're going to add to it. So thank you. I'm not even going to read them all because there's so many, but Janu has added lots of um, uh, black voices into the rom-com canon, so I'm very excited to get all these in there.
1: Dude, also one of these is um, If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, She
0: says she hasn't seen it. I have. I actually like it even more than Moonlight. It's a Barry Jenkins joint. Damn. It's really good. Damn. You can't say joint because Spike Lee's got his joint.
1: I... I... I say that about every
0: filmmaker. (laughs) Every filmmaker's got joints out there. That's true. Uh, So thanks for Janu. If you guys, yeah, like we said, movie recommendations, hit us up. Or send them to us, you know. Yeah, you don't have to hit us. You don't have to hit us up for them. Um, We could.
1: Whatever. We'll tell you what movies to
0: watch. Either way, um, the time has come, Kelly. It's it's a holy tradition. The time has come, the Ryan said. To speak of many things. I must ask you now. Tell me what... Is your golden sword. She.
1: A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The golden sword. What is my golden sword? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, my golden sword. I don't know if I'm... Hmm. Okay. M- m- my golden sword is going to the lobsters. <laughs> the lobsters. So, if you're watching the the scene where they're singing in the um in the restaurant. Yeah. In the background, you have employees at this place with lobster hands. Oh. And they they start dancing to the song. Oh. <laughs> very and good i don't know what choice like i don't know what restaurant makes their their servers do this but i don't want to work there maybe <laughs> i do i just don't want that job because it seems like it'd be hard to do anything but also it's amazing because if you're not looking for it you'll miss it but it's there yeah and so they get my golden that moment gets my golden sword
0: that choice i love it my golden sword award goes to the movie's lighting not the yeah. cinematography the lighting well lighting is part of cinematography okay the subgenre of cinematography okay. being lighting because the movie has a sheen to it and it has a very nice glossy look and it's because a lot of has that like high that highlight of that Edge light on their faces just gives them that silvery, silvery quality. It does pop a bit, doesn't it? It looks so good because of the lighting, and I just love the the look of 90s the movies. They're they're so nicely
1: lit. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Yeah, I and I wonder if that's also part of like just film. Yeah, that they're using film cameras and they had so much practice lighting for film. Which, in case you didn't know, you light film and digital differently. Yeah, Not because you, audience. But
0: when you when you, you know. shoot on film, which everyone shot in film up until 15 years ago, 10 15 years ago, film mm, to,
1: like 2000, like no. there
0: were, wasn't wasn't um first digital film was Attack of the Clones 2002. Right. And it took So that's 20 years ago. You yeah, said 15, so I was just most films were still on film until right, like right. 2007. Mm-hmm and then, you know, red cameras, blah, I'm just saying
1: it, you know, it was a big movie. Yeah,
0: George Lucas, whatever. I mean, you don't really, you don't (laughs) really know anything about those movies. Right. Uh, but (laughs) those films shot on film, you had much more light. You needed to, to blast at Mm -hmm. it. And in digital movies, you don't need that much light. And so I do think in the last 20 years, we've kind of lost that glamor aspect to how films look because they don't need to use that much light in digital cinema. And I don't know. I want to go back. I I, I like that, mm, like glossy look. Yeah, there's a there's a
1: lack of realism to it that I like. Yeah, like my life doesn't look like that lighting necessarily. Right. I'm okay with that.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm,
1: yummy. So good, good, good golden swords. But um, do you want to give it something else, golden? Like a rom-com <laughs>
0: shit i gave best screenplay last week <laughs> yep. sorry dude i'm not gonna give a best director either because a lot of it's really good directing but not best directing. no no yeah um best best huh? characters uh, okay um in the sense of you've got george you've got michael you've got kimberly you've got julianne potter julia roberts potter have
1: you been watching all those
0: Instagrams (laughs) all of them together I'm not saying it's the best ensemble but they're whether they have an arc like Julia Roberts or they have something interesting to bring to the table like Cameron Diaz and how she portrays her or just George all across the board I am fascinated by all these characters and for lots of different reasons. So I like all the characters. So best characters. C- can I can I impress upon you
1: something that um, uh, Mike Bazooka also does, um, director of uh, Family yeah, Stone? Yeah, yeah, He gives all of his characters last names. Mm. I would like you to look at the IMDb right now.
0: Potter, Wallace, Downs. O'Neill. Okay, well, he gives all the characters in the Family Stone a last name cuz they're all the Stones. No, no, there's there's <laughs> he, he even gives last names to like the alternative characters that we
1: meet at the bar later. Yeah, okay. Uh, I I just it's it's nice seeing fully realized characters. Yeah, it's not generic. Like even I, I would say like the mom and the dad and the two sisters or whoever they are, they're cartoons. I'm yeah. not going to say they're rich characters or anything, but like at least we know that the filmmakers cared enough about them. Yeah, yeah. Well, good Oscar. I'm going to give this best friend. Oh, easy yeah. peasy. We know it's George for all the reasons we've already stated. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I well, want that Oscar. There you can go. Give me that Oscar, Ryan. I mean, uh, uh okay, you can have it. Here. <laughs> um, well. Just tell me then, straight up, who would you fall in love with?
1: Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just
0: good friends? The truth of it is, I've loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I
1: love and love and love you. I know. It has gotta be George. He seems super cool. I like all of his things and I want him to be in love with me. Um, Easy peasy. uh, Same answer. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if you were like Julia Roberts.
0: (laughs) No, thanks. I do honestly want like the sequel to this movie. Which is what? It's like, hey, Michael, haven't talked in twenty-seven years. No, 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 no. <laughs> Julia Roberts? No, 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 no.
1: George is getting married. Uh huh. Somebody has come to sabotage his wedding, and it's
0: Julia Roberts' job to save it. Ooh, full redemption arc. Yeah, like really making up oh. for that bullshit. Oh. oh. Okay, well there you go. Uh, it's pretty indisputable. Yeah, George is the hero of this movie. <laughs> George is the best friend, and the most lovable. Okay, well that's our episode. My best friend's wedding. Yep, I'm that's glad it. I watched it with my best friend. Which did, uh, was. well,
1: we didn't, but we we did. Wait, Sarah is your best friend. Uh-huh. Indeed,
0: she is. You get second place. Ah, it's okay. I got to watch it with <laughs> my best friend, my wife. Fine. Next week it's bridesmaids. Kristen Mm -hmm. Wiig you've seen it right no wow it's gonna be an experience
1: I've seen scenes yeah seen the air air, airplane bathroom scene um there you go uh so actually don't I know it there is a scene I haven't even seen it I was lying
0: oh uh forgot to tell y'all patreon uh You're going to have for the bonus episode, our episode, sorry, this is pretty late in the game. Okay. Let's, let's say the
1: story here really quick. Basically we were going to do Gilmore girls and we are doing
0: Gilmore girls. We're working on it. That's coming out.
1: Yeah. But life happens and it was a lot to get through. And so
0: we instead went to see everything everywhere all at once. So that episode is out now. So please enjoy that. Gilmore girls season four is coming and then speed will be next. Uh so next week Bridesmaids and I just have to say that Kelly, I'd love I love you so much that I would leave my posh life in New York City to mm. come boot your ass from sabotaging someone's mm. wedding in Chicago. I love you so much I'd follow you around to college downs while you're writing about sports. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Michael writing about sports. <clears throat>
1: And this is where we will say goodbye.
0: Ryan and Kelly must
1: bid you adieu.
0: Thank you for
1: listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on a gentleman's
0: guide. To rom-coms.